Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Yeah, that song's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. Like uh, so my my buddy Matt Wilson uh, made that for me. So yeah, there's not cool. many people that let's say they can say they have their own uh, theme song. So that that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm here with Marissa Loren. Is that how you say your last name? Yep, you nailed it. Awesome. Um, Marissa Loren, you're a uh, tattoo artist, artist in general, uh, lover of guns and kind of all the manly shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like manly shit. Yeah, so where where are you from originally? Uh, Texas somewhere, I can tell. Colorado. Oh, are you originally from Colorado? You just yeah. developed the Texas accent. It's not Texas. I mean, I was born in Meeker. Um, and then mm. I. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like, and then grew up on a farm in Frida, just out in the sticks. I don't know. I feel like you grow up anywhere rural, or rural enough, like people have accents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um I don't know. I, I grew up. Uh, I I didn't think I had an accent until I, I got to college, and everybody thought I was from Texas too. But I I grew up right on the on the border of uh, of Oklahoma, so yeah, it makes you know it, it yeah you you pick up pick up accents. But uh, so I I didn't. I guess I I just assumed you're from Texas. But Meeker, yeah, that's uh that's a pretty small town. Call that different different small town Colorado than I'm I'm used to, but. It, it, uh, just different ends of the state. Yeah, the western part's the better part. It's uh, it's prettier for sure. Um, it's uh, but they're uh, it's more likely to be invaded by yuppies than than eastern Colorado. Like no, there ain't nobody moving out to to eastern Colorado. What do you mean? That's all Denver and like Fort Collins. That's oh, all- I'm talking like eastern Colorado, like my my part of eastern Colorado. You know, like. Uh, out out by Kansas and and down by Oklahoma, there's nobody moving out there. So that's that's Kansas. well, it's <laughs> essentially Kansas. Yeah. Oh, well, see, don't take that from me though. Like there, there's the only good thing I can say about living in that part of Colorado is at least it ain't fucking Kansas. You know, it might look the same, but at least it ain't Kansas. Oh, I've petitioned to move the border of Kansas just past Denver, so everything Denver. East is just Kansas. I I don't live there anymore, so I don't I don't guess I don't care, but it's I don't uh, live there either. So <laughs> yeah. Um had yeah, everybody thinks Denver's mountains, but it's yeah, Denver's is on Denver's out on the plains. It's just a lot of elevation, I guess, but yeah. Oh yeah. uh, so uh so how'd you come about tattooing growing growing up in Meeker, Colorado? Um, I, this story is just super uninteresting. Um, I graduated high school at 16 
and I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, obviously. Yeah. And, um, went to college for like a year. Um, my first semester, I actually went to a community mm. college in Rangeley, mm. Colorado, which my, is, uh, yeah, my, my older sister went to flight school up there. Yeah. It's and, rough. Uh, yeah. There's nothing out there. Yeah. And, um, that was horrible. So then the second semester after like a bunch of bad things happened, I'm, I went to a Mesa state for a semester, um, and went for art. Cause at that point I was like, maybe just 18, maybe, maybe even not 18 yet. And mm. I was like, had always been into art and I liked it, but it wasn't really like a thing you tried to make a career out of like, I didn't want to be just a starving artist. And when you live in a small town, like no one's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Become a tattooer. That's a real job. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And that's the last, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, especially in, in like my neck of the woods, like uh, how many grandmas would just be like, um, just change the subject when, when, when no yeah, like, adult was like, this is a great career option yeah. for someone. And I knew I wanted to get tattoos, um, but I wasn't really like, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So, and I thought like maybe I'd be interested in learning how to do it or like maybe if I was good at it, it would turn into like something that I would love. Um, so at like 19, um, I had just been like bartending and working and I was, um, scheduled to get my first tattoo by the guy that I wanted to learn from, but also the only one I wanted to like do my own and kind of started talking to him and showing him artwork. And then eventually I kind of wore him down. Essentially, he wanted nothing to do with Mm -hmm. me. He didn't want to work with anyone. He didn't want an apprentice. So after like months and months of me just bothering him, he was like, sure, come in on Monday and gave me an apprenticeship. And then it just ended up working out like 10 years later. I'm still doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So like how, so you, you apprentice and then like, it seems like, uh, from what I know of, of tattoo artists anyway, like they either you own your own shop or you bounce around everywhere. It seems Uh, like. I think it depends. Uh, Most, I don't think most tattooers own their own shops. I think that. No, I um, thought I figured that's not very many. Yeah. um, I mean, it's just easier to not own your own shop, right? Like, well, I just recently opened my own private studio. um, I guess it would have been two years ago when I moved to Missouri and I had never Mm -hmm. wanted to open a tattoo shop because I just don't want to work with other tattooers. Um, It's Mm -hmm. hard. Tattooers are just notoriously unprofessional. I mean, like it's an industry where you kind of get away with it. Um, And then everyone's private contractor. So you technically work for yourself. So like it always seemed like a headache to me to even own a shop, but I opened a private studio. So it was just me and that was nice. But I am constantly reminded that it's so much easier to work for someone else. Like all you have to do is show up and work and they take care of pretty much everything that goes into like running a, the business aspects of it. So for most tattooers, that makes sense. Like you just pay your rent or they take a percentage of what you make and you just show up to work. You do your job and you leave. You don't have to worry about all the logistics and stuff. So that's what most artists are doing. I see. Um, and so, do you still have your shop, or are you uh, have you have you sold it, or no? Um, my shop burned down in June. 
So oh, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Um, yeah, there was a fire and I had a hundred percent loss. So that's kind of a mm. thing I've been dealing with the last few months. Um, I did rent out like a temporary space just so I can work for now. And that was one of the reasons that I'm like um, moving sooner than I thought I was going to, because I don't want to open another studio here in Missouri um, and be stuck here for longer than I have to. So yeah how how did did uh did did you uh did you burn it down for the insurance i wish i I wish that's what have been the case that would have been so much better Um, yeah at first they thought it was arson um and i was like well that would be just my luck but uh, (laughs) from what i've found out i'm still like dealing with my property management company and like the the city with like final fire reports it's been kind of a nightmare like no one wants to do their job apparently but i guess one of the restaurants that so like there's like it's like big business buildings and Mm -hmm. there's restaurants and all the like the back of my business and the back of the restaurants kind of like face each other okay they think that they one of the restaurants left out oiled rags and i guess there's this phenomena that if oiled rags aren't properly disposed of if they reach oxygen they can just spontaneously combust so spontaneous combustion from oiled rags is what they deemed the cause um but i consider that negligence so i have a a lawyer and we're trying to figure out if that's actually the case because if it is negligence then there's cause for a lawsuit um which i don't don't love that idea but also um i lost everything so. yeah also fuck you guys if, if you yeah. burn down my place yeah i, and I was the only business that had a hundred percent loss like every i just like perfect storm like when i got there um, and talk to the fire inspectors. He was like, I don't know how to say this. Like, I guess you have good luck or have bad luck. I'm like, yeah, no, that's pretty like on par for my life. But where the fire started was like down below. Cause I had an upstairs space and I had windows on the backside and like the right side of my space. And he said the fire started and then blew out the windows. And then it just got sucked into my space. And that's where all the fire was. And I'm like, course Mm. oh that sucks it does suck because it was a nightmare getting that open and like because i moved during like 2020 and tried to get the space open and it was the best time to open a business i had so a friend make a joke that covid started because of me because my timeline of everything was just really like i decided to move like december 2019 i was like oh i think i'm gonna move and then March 2020, I set my move date and I'm like, oh, COVID kind of started December. Definitely the world shut down in March. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe the universe was just trying to tell me something and I wasn't listening. And, yeah. then, and then it got to the point where it's like, we're just going to burn your life down. So you have to hear us. Like, okay, <laughs> I'll leave Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like to give Missouri shit because... Uh, I, I don't I've not I've drove through it a couple of times, but I never spent much time there. I got a cousin that lives in, in Joplin, but it's just uh it's an easy state to make fun of. Uh, yeah, they call it misery for a reason. So. It's like god awful humid. And uh like yeah, and then you got 
like the mini, you know, like it's the Ozarks, which is almost, it's just, you know, Eastern Appalachia. I mean, Western Appalachia is, is kind of the, the Ozark region. There's some, like some real fucking hillbillies down there. <laughs> uh, like they got a tame, a town called humansville. And, uh, it was like, how, how dumb do you got to be? It was like, I don't know what we call this, this town. I guess a bunch of humans live here. We're, we're hu- humansville, Missouri. <laughs> Uh yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the whole place. <laughs> so um you, you uh I, I say that's you're like a sponsored athlete as well, right? Is uh yeah. Like, um, are you like fighting professionally, semi pro, or or you just how how's that work? No, so when I got sponsored as an athlete with First Horm, I was bodybuilding at the time. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, yeah, I was bodybuilding. Um, and then I got really sick and I couldn't compete anymore. Um, I just train MMA for fun. I've never oh, I see. been in a fight. Um, and then I did like, um, I was sponsored as a competition shooter for a while too, until I moved to Missouri and there's no matches here. So mm. eventually I'd like to get back into doing that too. Is that that like three gun uh, shoots or, or what? What were you working on? Um, like USPSA, IPSA, oh, okay. Um, steel matches. I've done two gun too, but three gun is just there's so much gear. Like you have so much shit you have to take with you for all your matches. So I've never done three gun. I you know competitive shooting's about like. Uh it's about like hockey or skiing, you know, it's like the, the widest sport ever. And, uh, and it, cause it's really fucking expensive when you, expensive. when you're, when you're sending that much lead down range, it's just like, crazy and then so many Asians who shoot competitively, like, I think it's more Asian than white people. I, I, I could see that too, but they're also, once again, a lot of money. They love guns. I don't know. Yeah. And they, uh, well, and they're just, they're so fucking smart and they, 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 they make a lot of money. <laughs> like they're, the agents are killing it. Yeah. I don't um, know. I think a ton of Filipinos. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, especially in Vegas. I, the mail to sign a letter. Oh, okay. Can, uh, I gotta go, uh, sign a letter. If, if, if I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right, we're back. Um yeah, anyway, Filipinos and competitive shooting, that's where we're at, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot of Filipinos. There uh there's not many of them in uh in eastern Colorado, coincidentally enough. Yeah, they're all in Las Vegas. <laughs> Is that where they all live? Yeah. <laughs> um, did you did you live in Vegas for a while? Three years. How was that? I actually really liked it. Um, it's different when you live there versus like visiting because I think mm. everyone assumes that it's just like the strip, and the strip is such a small part of Vegas. I mean, Vegas isn't very big, but like most of the time you don't even really go to the strip at all. Like you kind of avoid it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It 
it was really like, well, competition shooting, like there's so much of it out there. There's so many good ranges. Like I literally could shoot a match every weekend. Mm -hmm. And then lots of outdoor stuff. Like I did a ton of hiking while I was out there. Like you're like three hours away from Zion National Park in Utah. So I'd make day trips or there's good hiking in Vegas. It's really close to everything. Plus that like food's great and everything's open 24 seven. So definitely it was it was cool i liked it yeah nevada's uh nevada's kind of strange that way just like it just anything kind of goes uh, you know there's very i don't know it, it's weird like you can i tell people like you can go get a 30 rack at four o'clock in the morning or say 10 o'clock in the morning and nobody even looks at like in it's at the gas station, you know, you can walk out with a, you know, like a handle of crown and a 30 pack at whatever time of the day, any day of the week. And nobody does like, they don't even look at you twice. Just, I don't know. There's uh <laughs> it's, it's a strange state, but it's uh I like, I like Nevada a lot. Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. Um, so did, is there, is there pretty good money to be made in that competitive shooting or is it just kind of more of a, an expensive hobby? it's mostly an expensive hobby i i I mean like so i have friends who are like some of the best competition shooters in the world like my friend jj ricasa is literally one of the best in the world Mm -hmm. um so that was really cool like when i lived in vegas we actually lived really close to each other um and i ended up being able to like learn and shoot from him i am good friends with him and his family now um so he i mean that's like he does like a lot of times they do like you have sponsorships obviously and you make salary if you're good enough um and by companies and then he does a lot of like courses like he does his own courses mm. like, for people i think a lot of times that is where i've seen a lot of shooters make the probably the most money i think for most people it's an expensive hobby unless you can get a lot of your matches paid for. Um, like I, when I was sponsored, I got like a lot of my gear was sponsored and then I could get, um, you can get ammo sponsorships. So that does help cover a lot of the costs. Cause oh, okay. Is where all your money goes. <laughs> Cause you're yeah. so much of it, but it's definitely an expensive hobby. I, I, I kind of figured, um, I don't know. It seems like, it's like the way it is with rodeo and like unless you're really good and you got a lot of sponsorships um and you're winning like all the time fuck i don't i mean like those guys that uh that go all the time and like don't win like man that don't that don't last very long you like man it sucks um i wish it was more popular but it's uh just for whatever reason it it i mean you gotta love it i mean it but there's there's you know there's there's the hand you know very select handful full that uh you know they they get all the sponsorships and then they they're that they're smart with it they'll you know like uh Cody Ole got into the buck and bull business even before he uh, you know retired uh rodeo and it's like well so now he's on, on down onto that and it just yeah the, the smart smart people can can figure out a way to make it work but man I've seen some really really good uh ropers just like almost go broke yeah no that's what i tell everyone about like i don't know i feel like rodeo has been kind of like glorified lately um Mm -hmm. i grew up um i showed horses and we did rodeos um so like i kind of understand it like my (laughs) 
whole boyfriend rode bulls. His brother was good. He sucked, but it's a freaking hard sport. People don't understand that. Like most of them don't make money. No. Like regularly. And it's like, they're always on the road. It's tough. I know. I, I, I ranch rodeo pretty hard one summer and, and like we won our, our money back a couple times, but for the most part, it was just like, you know, 150 bucks every weekend, just plus, plus fuel and everything. And like, it was fun, but man, if, uh, it, it, that's tough to, tough to do unless you, I mean, and then, then you gotta work extra to, to, to make up for your fees and whatnot. So you're just like, you get burnt out real quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I, how did you, did you try a, a bunch fucking flies and we got a real hard freeze here the last couple of days. And, uh, and so now all like all the flies, every time you open the door, there's just like a swarm of flies coming in and ah, I hate them, but little bastards. But, um, did you, did you like, uh, like fool around in a bunch of different styles of uh, tattoos before you, you settled on, because you're, what do you say, like neo-contemporary or something like that? Neo-traditional? Is like the what the style's called. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone, when they first start tattooing, um, you kind of have to do a little bit of everything almost, um, mm-hmm. because you, you take what you can get. You know, you don't really have the option of like picking and choosing. Um, so like, I definitely tried to just kind of be a little bit well-rounded at first. Um, and that was pretty much my only option, especially cause I started in like Grand Junction, Colorado. It's not a very big place. And so you're just like tattooing whatever you can get. And I was pretty fortunate cause the shop I worked in was still like a custom shop kind of, mm-hmm. um, like the owner, um, he was, um, mostly doing custom work, but even then he still was like taking a little bit of everything. But when I moved to Florida, I worked in street shops. So you're pretty much just doing whatever comes through the door. The walk-ins welcome. Yeah. Walk-ins. Um, like you make appointments if you can get them, if people uh, want to, but you're like, again, you're kind of just like, doing whatever they want so it's like you know a lot of pinterest tattoos or like whatever's popular and um i'm pretty fortunate that i was able to like build up um my style and start picking and choosing and now i have like a really good clientele base and people who are willing to travel to me and i only do what i want to do nice (laughs) everyone gets to so i feel real fortunate there that's awesome uh, yeah. And, uh, and you, you were on, you were your reality TV star as well. I, uh, I have to bring it up, but, uh, I want to hear like the, the dirty, like oh, how I'll, bad it sucked, you know, I'll, like I'll, I love pulling the wool off of everyone's eyes with this stupid show. Yeah. Um, just like, I don't know, everyone's experience might not be as horrible as mine was, but like, um, I was so green when I went on that show anyways. Like I had no clue. I was like two years into tattooing. Like I was fresh mm. and had no, I should not have gone in the first place, but I just didn't know what I was getting into. So, and it is reality TV. So like they manipulate and control everything. Like even before I got there, like they would say like, oh, we have to dress you. So like, give us an idea of what you would normally wear. 
um, just because of like copyright issues with logos or whatever. So we'll buy your clothes. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I've never done TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I mostly wear like gym clothes a lot of the times. Like I'm wearing sneakers and, you know, T-shirts and hats. Like, um, and they're like, okay. And they're like, anything you won't wear. And I'm like, yeah, I won't wear high heels. I won't wear crop tops. And um, like that's, yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. And so like I show up. And like, he's like, oh, it's filmed in New York City. And then you get there and it's Newark, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's not really the same. (laughs) Yeah, Newark sucks. (laughs) It is the butthole of America. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, so like I get there and like you get there and they take like your ID, your wallet, your phones, and they put you in a hotel room for like the first few days. And then they're like, okay, here's your outfits, your clothes you're going to wear. And it was like leather pants, high heels, crop tops. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this is literally everything I said I wouldn't wear. And they're like, you signed a contract. This is your job. You don't get a, you don't get a choice. And I'm like, I will die. Like, I am like a newborn baby fucking deer in high heels. And I'm not going to work in those fucking things. <laughs> it was rough. So, like, I am in a costume, essentially, like, in clothes I would never wear. And then, like, once we started filming, like, they didn't like how I talked because another girl on the show had an accent. She's from Arkansas. It's pretty thick. I'm like, hey, like, can you, like, less of an accent? I'm like, Ugh. And then I was like real sarcastic because I'm like stressed out and I might like a coping mechanism. So something would happen. I just say something shitty and sarcastic. And they're like, we can't have that. You need to be serious. So I'm like, I can't joke. (laughs) I can't wear normal clothes. (laughs) I can't talk like myself. And then like just everything, like their whole goal is to make you miserable because if you're more miserable, you're more likely to be like, like freak out do bad tattoos like break down and that's good tv so like mm-hmm. they do shit like that all the time so i fucking hate like I, I every time someone's like oh i liked you on that show i'm like it's not really me so i did horrible tattoos i don't look like me don't talk like me but okay glad you guys like me <laughs> i i watched that show and uh like it was it was good tv uh i mean you, you always you knew it had to be bullshit uh part of it uh, you know, at least you know the whole behind the scenes had to be bullshit. But there were real tattoos that got that got put out there, and everything's like it's not scripted; it's just like manipulated. Mm-hmm. Like they don't give you a script, but they'll kind of like they'll take you outside from everyone else when you have to do like your scenes, and they're like, "Hey, this person's been talking so much shit about you. Are you gonna let that stand?" And you're like, "No." And they're like, "Maybe mm-hmm. say this." And you're like, "Yeah, maybe I should." And then they send you <laughs> out there, and they're like. They called you like the worst tattooer on the fucking show. What are you going to say? And you're like, yeah, that's horrible. Why would you do that? And then they just like egg it on. So how how long did you last on there? um, I made it a little over halfway. Okay. Not terrible. I definitely, it's funny because I'm like, I definitely should have gone home earlier because I did bad tattoos. Um, But then when I did finally go home, it was probably the best tattoo I'd done the whole season. And at that point in time, they were just over me. Like I wasn't giving them anything that they wanted. I wasn't being a bitch. I wasn't talking shit randomly. Like, um, like I wasn't doing the drama that they asked. So that at that point they're like, we need you to go. So uh, <sighs> how, how big of a douche was Dave Navarro? 
He's the best. Is he? He's so great. Like, he was the best judge by far. Like, he was the most fair. Mm -hmm. And, like, I felt like he actually does have an appreciation for art, even though he's not a tattooer. Um, And he's super nice. Like, I think he's a weird dude. But I think he was super nice. Like, he was always really nice to everyone. And even after, like, the show ended, if I ever, like, saw him places, he was always just really kind. Um, The other, like, I don't know. He's way nicer than, like, Chris Nunez. He's a prick. Which one was Chris? Who's the dude with the giant, uh, uh, like, was it mustache or goatee? I can't remember. That's Oliver. How? how, I I don't know. It just... (laughs) Um, I don't know that Navarro's just seemed like for whatever reason he put off like a real like a douche vibe and yeah, uh, and person. I mean I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, you know, I don't care for Jane's addiction, like I know who he is, and um, but he was actually really cool in person, so huh. Well, there you go. I know. Um yeah, there there's uh Oh, fucking flies. God, I hate this. I like I love the the weather this time of year, but man, that the flies are awful. Uh is it cold over there in in uh, Missouri yet or is it still pretty it hot? Two days of it being like freeze warning like 30s. Mm. Um, but the last couple days it's been like 75, 80. It's warm. Does it get pretty cold in in St. Louis like uh, in the winter or is it it gets cold but the winters here are weird like it doesn't really snow a lot so it's just gross and cold essentially just like like cold rain huh um it does rain a lot here so yeah um yeah that's that's the worst like snow is not so bad if it's you know it's but even when it snows here there's nothing to do in the snow so yeah it doesn't really stick around here so it's just yeah just shitty and cold and then it just gets muddy. Yeah. Mud mud's the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> so um what's your what's your go-to? Well, like what's your everyday carry uh pistol? I just got a new one and I am super I really mm-hmm. like it. I just got that new SIG P365 Macro X. Mm-hmm. It's dope. I shot it yesterday. Um, I've heard those. I've heard good things about all the the new SIGs coming out. So flat because it has like the barrels a little ported. Um, the frame's real thin, but it sh- and it holds seventeen plus one. Like for a like subcompact, it's really good. Um, but it's yeah. awesome. like I was, it was better than I thought it was going to shoot for sure. So nice. Nice. So you're you're uh, a Sig. You're you're kind of go to, or you you shoot shoot whatever. Yeah, I had a MMP shield before, but that thing sucks to shoot. But it's small, so it's mm. like carry. But I mean, they do suck to shoot, but it's fine. Um, I have I have a bunch of different like I like I just like guns. I'm not like snobby about uh, brands. I think if the gun's good, like I like it. Yeah. Do Do you have a pink Taurus? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think Taurus in general fuck, but you put yeah. people on and I'm I can't. I mean, they're uh yeah, they're not great guns, but for the price, it's better than not having a gun. I mean, <laughs> I mean even a even a high point is better than not having a gun, barely. Yeah. I mean, it's they're you're you're good for a couple rounds maybe. Just throw it at someone. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's better than not having a gun, uh, but 
the, the, uh, other than that, mm, yeah, yeah, they, uh, I, 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 I don't know, Glocks are. What's what's the deal with the the shitty trigger on the Glocks? Like, why why is that so, like one of the most important parts of the gun, and they have such a shitty design? It's true. I do. I've always I have a Glock thirty four, and I switched out the trigger, um, like immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says. It's like, and like I don't know what it is about that, but it's Glocks. Glocks German, right? Are they are they made here? They're German. Yeah. Well, Austria. They're Austria. Austria. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's something about those like in that part of the world where they're you know, like the AK, like they're they're not like they're not the most accurate. They're not most anything really, but they just fucking work. They're, like yeah, you can't is- you can't destroy them and the Glocks are they're durable, dependable. Super durable. Yeah. They shoot good, so I mean it's but they're yeah, they're just there's nothing real sexy about them. They're just kind of, it's like, I don't know all the, all the German shit, you know, it's all just like very like stripped down, but it's all, it's like very well-made, but there's no flash to it at all. It's just, yeah, I don't know. That's like, but then like you have the, like the other Europeans, like the Italians are like real flashy, but their shit oh, sucks. It breaks all the time. Beretta's nice. Sometimes. Yeah. Beretta's. I have. I have a Beretta. That I really like Beretta's. Nice. They make their their shotguns are, are their shotguns are really nice. Yeah, I have a shot like for duck hunting. I have a Beretta, but I have a like a uh, Wilson Combat Beretta that's super dope. Yeah, I bet that is cool. I uh, yeah, Benelli's. Uh, Benelli's a good good shotgun, and they're yeah. Uh, yeah. But then yeah, there's they those. I guess their guns are pretty good, but like their cars are like real flashy, but they break all the fucking time. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, so how, how did you get into, uh, like, did you just, did you grow up shooting or, uh, I, I imagine Western Colorado, you, everybody has guns, but everyone has guns. Everyone hunts. Uh, yeah. I didn't like, I had always shot, um, just, yeah but like out you go out to a freaking out to the desert and you go blow stuff up or you go hunting um i didn't really get into like being good at shooting um and actually like trying to be efficient until i moved to vegas Mm. um i wanted to for a while i just like i wasn't really sure and i hadn't met anyone who was good at it and when i moved to vegas i met a bunch of people who competition shot who did like tactical shooting um so then i just i mean i wanted to do it so i just started and really loved it um and i got semi-decent at it for a while so yeah i that's there's a difference between like growing up shooting and then like like actual shooting like that's uh like i like guns but i'm not i'm not a gun guy like there's people like start talking and i got howdy there i'm matt mckinley with the burning daylight podcast you ever wanted to make a podcast well spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily and then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free it's called Spotify for for podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Uh, 
them, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to, uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your, your podcast there and, and you get your, you get, you know, valuable interactions with your fan, your fans. And, uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's, uh, that, that is true. Um, <laughs> I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use, or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're, uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with, uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcast on Spotify. And, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started. If you, if you have ever thought about starting a podcast, this is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about, just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to Spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. They, they can, they can, you can get lose me pretty quick on, on guns. Like I, I don't know that much, but I like them. I know the importance and I, I'm well versed enough to, to be able to handle just about any, any gun that I come across. But yeah, then when they start talking ballistics and shit, I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's beyond me. You know, like there's, that's a whole different level of nerddom when they, when you br- get into the gun bros. I feel like most people who use ballistics do like long range shooting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very rare. I mean, some pistol shooters, there's really no point for it though. Like you don't know. Really no, no. So, like, yeah, but I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm not I'm not an expert at any means. I just um I just like being proficient and being able to use it. And I like trying to learn anytime I can ask someone who knows more than me. Like I'll soak up as much knowledge as you can give me. But definitely wouldn't consider myself like yeah. There's people out there who just like know all every gun, all their specs, like everything. And I'm like I'm just I'm not there yet. Or I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm just like. You know, I, I'm 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 a total thud when it comes to guns. Like I, I I have a you know I have like my bolt action rifle. I have my I have a pump shotgun. I have a you know just pretty standard pistol. And uh, I should have a lot more guns and I should have a lot more ammo. But I, uh, I I'm I'm like I said I'm kind of a thud. I I, I enjoy talking to gun gun guys because they uh, they get excited about it and uh, and they know a lot. Like it like I said it's just. Some 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 of those those folks have so much knowledge, and I, I don't know what they'll ever do with it. And and a lot of those guys that have 
like so much knowledge can't shoot for shit either. It seems like they have, they have all the guns and all the knowledge, but they have like none of the shooting ability. Mm-hmm. It's I've crazy. Met, yeah, I've met quite a few people like that. Who, who's your, who's your favorite, uh, like people to make fun of in the gun world? Oh, you don't have to name anybody in particular, oh, but yeah, like the types, you know, I'm just trying to think of, I don't know if I ever make fun of like people in the gun world. I, I know there's always like, if you've ever been to like a shot show, there is like an ongoing joke about the dude who has like, you try to spot someone who has the most amount of pockets <clears throat> yeah, with their tactical pants or vests or like just over the top and like, it's a game we play so like that's kind of fun like you're just trying to win and see if you can find that dude who has just the most amount of fucking pockets just tacticaled out for no fucking reason have you ever tried to win that competition ironically like go me where yeah honestly that's a really good call i really should consider that (laughs) like i would do that just uh just to be just uh you know not not because i need any of it or not that i think it looks cool but just uh just to be over the top and have like 90 pockets on you top of your pockets i just have a mag in everyone oh my gosh just You'd, it'd be a good leg day. I mean, you'd just be carrying around just pounds upon pounds of, of uh, mags and ammo. <laughs> Throw pockets onto your hat. Like everything. Yeah. Bandoliers. Yes. Gotta have band. I need to find some bandoliers. I'm, I've always joked and people have given me shit about my, my Pancho Villa mustache, but I've never dressed up as Pancho Villa. So I think I, I actually am going to this year. So I need some, I need to find some bandoliers. You do. Serape and a band and a couple bandoliers. I'll be yeah. That's about all I need, really. It's really yeah. That's perfect. I'll have to just go go raid my neighbors for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't arrest me. This is a Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> it should work that way. Like Halloween's Halloween's one one day of the year you could you get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so uh you got it when did you get into martial arts or, or uh, MMA? Um I took a couple when I moved so I um when I left Colorado, I was leaving a really gnarly abusive relationship and I had to get a restraining order. Mm. And so when I moved to Florida, roughneck? Um, no, just a sociopath. Oh. And a predator. Um, like a legit psycho. Um, yeah, but, um, he was like prior military. He did government contracting. He was a firefighter. Um, he's the fucking worst human on the planet. But when I left and he was like threatening to murder me, um, I, that's when I started caring like seriously for the first time. And then that was the first time I started taking like jujitsu classes. And then I, um, got into like doing Muay Thai and kickboxing and regular boxing. Um, I think that's kind of where I got always been interested in it. I just, uh, hadn't happened. And then after all that crazy stuff was happening, I was like, this is a good time to like learn how to defend myself and not have to be a victim again and be able to protect myself if something happens. So I just, uh, I liked that. And then I just try to keep up with it. Yeah. 
Um, are there there are a lot of women in in those MMA gyms nowadays? It's because it seems like there's a lot of like used to be there. There was only a couple like women fights in the UFC, and now there's like like there's actually some personalities besides you know like you know obviously there's like Ronda Rousey, but now like there's there's some like legit fighters like women fighters that are like really fucking good really good i actually really enjoy the women's fights um not unlike i just i don't know i feel like they fucking put it all out there and those chicks are fucking tough i have a a friend um she did i don't know maybe it was bellator for a while but she's fucking badass she has a hard time finding women to fight her though because she's really fucking heavy handed (laughs) she's that's funny yeah, she's super rad. Um, yeah, there's a lot more women I see who are getting into it, but it's another, it's a hard sport too. So, yeah, yeah. And you can be pretty before the fight, but there's not many that, that look all that pretty when they're done, unless it, unless, unless they end it quick. You know, it's uh, like some of those, yeah, some of those chicks come out just like beat to shit. And uh, the first couple of times, like, it's a little hard to watch because, you know, like you don't see women violence, you know, like it's not, you know, mainstreamed very, you know, at all. And then, then you just all of a sudden these two chicks that I can actually throw instead of just like a scream and, and hair grabbing. It's like, no, these are, these I've are like, it's like a legit one too. And, and like, holy shit. It's uh it's pretty interesting to watch and, and they're quick, you know, they're, you know, the women are naturally smaller. I'm weird. You can't say that anymore, but uh, yeah, they're, they're I know, I and uh, just as large as a a large man. <laughs> we uh we did a good job lifting all these those tents, though. I mean, we uh we we we, we yeah. looked better than the rest of those losers. Yeah, <laughs> we worked a lot better once it was a tag team effort instead of trying to do one each. I know, and then the, whoever thought those fiberglass fences was a good idea is like idea i don't i understand like i guess they last a long time cost efficiency yeah on the planet oh so yeah i was itchy for like three days after that it was that that shit sucks and it it cuts you too like the next day you have a bunch of scabs and shit literally inside your skin yeah um yeah so that we're referring to the to the war party ranch rodeo this uh that was what september October. Yes. Oh, September. September. Yeah. Anyway, that um how what was the overall consensus once uh once you know everything was cleaned up, everybody went their ways on when you know like with the, the board of the war party, uh you know, what was the overall was it rousing success, uh, you know, like ready to do more things? What's what's what was the yeah. overall thoughts? Yeah, I mostly just talked to Micah and Jeremiah. <laughs> So we had a discussion when we were breaking everything down the next day about and it seemed to have gone better than any of us expected because, you know, it was a small ranch rodeo and it was the first one. And um, everyone's like uh, at least all the competitors and stuff had a good time. I mean, they should like we did a pretty good job of trying to, like, get them some money. So I know that's Mm. But everyone said they actually enjoyed it and had a good time and it was run well. And um, the overall consensus was that it went better than we had hoped for. So that's great. And we definitely want to do more. Like our whole goal is to do like bigger rodeos um, down the road. Like we talked about, um, there's a, that big stadium in like Denver. Um, 
I don't remember what it's called. I don't really spend a lot of time in Denver. Yeah, um, I was. They were talking about like the was it the Douglas County Event Denver Center? County, yeah, um, arena. Like mm-hmm. so, like trying to get like a big rodeo there um, down the road. And I know we talked about trying to do a banquet like this winter instead of doing NFR. Um, definitely want to try to do more and more events. So awesome. Well, it seemed like it, it went off pretty well. I mean, it was there was a little some chaos here and there. It seemed like, but uh, for the most part of. Uh, I guess I wasn't quite on the outside looking in, but I was, I was, I was very like on the fringe looking in, I guess. And, uh, and it seemed like, you know, outside your, your standard chaos, how that, I mean, it always happens, but it seemed like, I mean, it was very, there's one thing about military guys, especially like the, like the guys that have, have seen, you know, seen action and like operate, uh, particularly like the special forces type, like they, they're very efficient and very like, like, let's go, let's get this shit done. And, uh, and it's, they're very good at like, just, I don't know, getting shit done. And, uh, so it, it, it seemed like that they went pretty well. And, and even, I don't know, everything, everything seemed like it, it went off for the most part without a hitch. There wasn't, wasn't too much that I seen anywhere that, yeah, should, should have caused any concern at all. I mean, it, it seemed like, Seemed like it was a good good event all the way around. I I enjoyed the shit out of it. That's good. I felt like I was just w- busy working the whole time trying to make sure everything like did get run smoothly. So I don't even know like like I don't even think I barely talked to anyone who was like there really. And I'm like, so I hope everyone had a good time because I was just trying to like do everything <laughs> that I could. Yeah, sure. Well, and then there was a pretty good amount of money raised too, wasn't there? Yeah, um, I know. I think actually, because we were kind of expecting to break even, like that was the the hope was that we break even, even um, just for this first one, just to kind of like get people involved and just get mm. people out there. But I think we actually ended up raising a profit, which is amazing. Because that's awesome. It is for a nonprofit, so it's kind of like for me. I was like, I would hope that we would get some money. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and and that's just more more good that they can do with it, and because uh, because that war party movement, I I really like. I th- I thought that was. I mean, the first time Jeremiah talked about it on on you know when I had him on one of my bull sessions, and I was like that that's really really interesting. We talked more about it, and I very admirable that what, what what's what's being done there, and uh, and I just I. I it's it's a good outlet for for guys like Jeremiah, like when transitioning out of the military, still being able to use their their skills and and shit that they that they learned to be able to to do some good, you know, and and help his you know his home community, you know the the native you know native women in particular. That mm-hmm. that trafficking is a real fucking problem. It's a it's, it's crazy a, how many people don't realize how bad the trafficking issue is. I think mm-hmm. the majority of people assume that it just every once in a while it's a thing that occurs, but it is prevalent and at a, a vastness that people just don't understand. Um, and it definitely plagues the like, uh, I mean, women, obviously, but then the native communities too, just because they're easy targets um, and not a lot is done about helping them. So. Well, and then there's all the jurisdictional issues too. And, and that like, yeah, it's like the whole thing's kind of fucked. And uh, so like, he's, he's, you're starting from a, from a deep disadvantage and it was like, it's working uphill the entire time, but it's, uh, 
I, it, it's a really cool to, to see like some, some good being done on that front. So I, it, like I said, it was, it was as part of the reason I, I, you know, I volunteered my, you know, my time. It was just, it was, it was a good, it was a good cause. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I got started um, with everything. It's I saw all, well, I think me and Jeremiah may have had re- like mutual friends on Instagram. Um, like maybe that's how I found him, but I found war party movement through there. And then I was like, dang, this is like something I really am interested in trying to like help out. I think it's an incredible cause. Like I'm part native and having like um, histories of abuse, like this is a big deal. And then we ended up just um, like talking about ways for me to be included and help make a difference as well. And then, then when we started war party ranch, um, that was even more so something I wanted to be involved and help with. So I'm like super grateful um, for Jeremiah for starting these in the first place and like actually trying to make a difference because they're really good causes and like people need them. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think so. It's um, well, and like, you can't, you can't save everyone in the world, but you can start with your community and like, you know, that's what I mean. Niches like you find your niche and that's a good thing. Cause you can, if you can do good there, then that can spread elsewhere. I mean, it's, and you, but you have to start somewhere and you can't like, I mean, it, and that's a, it seems like that's a, a pretty good place to start. Cause it's a real, it's a real problem. And uh, yeah, it's the, the <clears throat> and the, the trafficking issue in, in general is just like this, this border thing is like, I, I, I have never seen anything quite like it where like, and, and I have nothing against, like, I, I, I prefer Mexican workers as a pair up as opposed to, to, to the white boys because uh, the Mexicans actually fucking work. But like this, uh, this border thing is a real fucking problem. And uh, it's, it's funny how when you, when they, when they started shipping them to New York and DC and Martha's vineyard, then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, this is, oh, this, this is a, we can't handle it. I'm like, there was 2 million of them that have crossed this this year. And like, holy shit, that's a lot of people. Yep. And um, yeah, and the people that are moving them across are like the worst of the worst. Like though those are like those are some really fucking sick people. Like really fucking sick. Super sick. Yeah, I've had it's discussions with people because like, you know, I'm I'm all for with like you know, people want to move to the U S and get out of their situation. Cool. Like try to do it the right way. But like I have had conversations with people who are just like our open border people. And I'm like, that is fucking insane to me. Cause no country in the world really has open borders. Like if no. I fucking move to another country, I have to go through the proper channels. But I'm like, you don't understand what happens with open borders. Cause people are using women and children and fucking, you know, doing horrible things to them or trafficking them across just to get themselves across. Like you don't understand like all the freaking horrible people that take advantage of that and what they're bringing in here and what they're doing. Like you just can't, you just can't allow everyone to come in without a vetting process. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and Trump got a lot of shit for his wall idea. Cause I, and, and rightfully so, because the wall in and of itself isn't going to do much of anything. They'll find a way, but at least it's more of a symbol. Like we're, they're trying to, 
to to do something about it. And there, that's more than anything. I, I Mexico's mean, a real fucking problem at this point. Start building the wall, they're going to finish it, didn't you? Yeah, and that and that crazy. Yeah, they just like they tried to hope that nobody oh, would notice. More. <laughs> yeah, they're they're hoping nobody would notice, but uh, yeah, they went ahead and uh, and just like started. They filled in that gap, you know, just filling in the gap. Yeah, might as well just finish it. Right. Well, we but then we won't be able to send as much money to Ukraine. So, um, a smart way to launder some money. Fuck. Yeah. I, uh, I, I wonder if we'll, uh, you'll have to, we'll have to look at the, the congressional, like, stock trades and see if they start like investing in fencing companies. Cause uh, that, that's how, you know, the, the, the walls getting built when they start invent, uh, investing in the, in the companies that build it. That's, that's, that's when, you know, uh, Pelosi will all of a sudden will be in, invested in the, in the barbed wire companies. Oh, yeah. Our government's not corrupt or nothing. No, 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 no. What a, they what just a have shit best, show. Have our best interests in mind. They're just always, always. <laughs> And their our their our best interest is just to give them all of our money. All of our money. All of the money. I want an itemized taxation is theft, but I would love an itemized receipt if I'm going to pay these fucking taxes. Right. Exactly where my fucking money is going to. Like, if I have to save receipts, you should give me one. Right. But I'm sure that would never fucking fly because you get to see where all the garbage. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm paying for so much shit that I shouldn't be paying for. Yeah. Well, the income taxes, fuck. They, the only reason it's in the Constitution is because they passed it at the federal level and then it got shot down by the Supreme Court as unconstitutional. So they're like, oh, well, fuck. So they just made a constitutional amendment. Ah, Fuck. Fuckers. And, and, um, you have to declare how much you, you made. And if you, declare wrong and then they'll throw you in jail but you you have no fifth man, fifth amendment right either like you you have you have don't have the right to not incriminate yourself you have to you have to incriminate yourself on uh, on your taxes it's it's fucked yeah good thing they put all got all those new irs agents though because oh yeah armed I'm, too armed. did you see those those training videos that <laughs> No, they had, they had a dude in a wheelchair, like doing tactical drills, <laughs> like with you know all, more power to you if like if that's. Uh, but this this was like an actual training, like for IRS agents. Yeah, like if if this was an actual tactical squad, that the the wheelchair guy's not going to be on that squad. I <laughs> I can guarantee you, like I guarantee you, that's not happening. Not breaking can, down no doors. No, you can ask any disabled vet of, if they would be able to go back to their squad in a wheelchair, and they'd be like, "No, no, <laughs> no." <laughs> yeah, it, it was. But yeah, eighty-seven thousand new armed IRS agents. That's cool. I, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> it's best idea best idea uh no way that could go wrong absolutely fucking not (laughs) at all suspicious to me at all yeah yeah um so you've been in st louis for for a couple years how how was uh like how how was the the summer of 2020 in st louis did they was there a bunch of riots and shit there I didn't, I wasn't able to move until September of 2020. Oh, okay. 
just because like, yeah, everything got shut down for, you know, a few months um, and all my like move dates and stuff got pushed back. So I moved in September. Um, I don't know. I felt I think it was kind of the same everywhere, like Nevada or Missouri. I think most everywhere was kind of running the same way. Like some businesses were requiring masks still, um, like some weren't. I don't did know. They, did they have a bunch of riots in in uh, St. Oh, Louis? Yeah. Was it was it pretty bad? I don't know. I wasn't around for any uh-huh. of them. But I mean, I just like I don't really spend a lot of time in the city. Yeah, uh, I don't really like cities in general. Um, they're not my jam. Um, my shop is down there, so pretty much I would go to work, and then I go home. I and then I leave and travel a lot because I don't like it here. Um, but they definitely did. I mean, St. Louis is like the murder capital of the United States. Like there's so much crime and murder, um, like in general. So, um, not super safe. I mean, I've never felt like really unsafe, but I also am like smart about where I go and what I do. Mm. Um, but even like when I have to go to work now, like this new temporary studio I'm working out of is only like a block down from my other job or other place, but it's like right on the border of where it gets real fucking ghetto. And I am like, I don't always feel super comfortable, um, at night. (laughs) Yeah. And I know if I go a block like to the, I don't know, north or whatever, that it is not great. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving my truck there. And I just mm. got an email this morning that there's like, uh, I don't know, it's like the police, uh, did um, whoever's like the chief of police is doing like a Zoom meeting because there's been a bunch of break-ins, like cars, businesses, downtown. Um, so I'm like sick. I can't wait to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're 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 headed back out west, you said. Yeah, I'm planning on Phoenix. Um, I really want to move to like Montana and get land. Um, but like it's just with like the market and then my job moving to like a really small town probably isn't feasible yet. So um I like Phoenix and I can start like hiking and doing competition shooting. I kinda wanna get into mounted shooting and there's Oh a- yeah. Yeah, there's a lady out there who's really good at it. She actually just won, like, the, I don't know, I don't know if it's world championships or, you know, in the U.S., but she just won, and she's badass. And I had looked into taking her classes, like, a few years ago. So I'm like, that would be sweet to start doing. Hell another, yeah. Another expensive hobby. I think so. Yeah, I, I've, I've talked to a couple of those mounted shooters before. It, it's it's kind of fun to watch. And uh I, I bet it's a lot more fun to to do than it's kind of seems a lot, like, like, a lot like team roping to me. Like team roping's not not necessarily fun to watch, but it's it's a lot a lot of fun to do. And I feel like that's kind of what the mounted shooting's like. I feel like it's like barrel racing, but then you get to shoot stuff. So yeah, that's fun. It's it's like a guy's take on barrel racing. It's like ah, we can do the barrels, but what if we shot something <laughs> while? <laughs> Well, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, it just seems like a cool skill set. Like, that's always like, I'm like, oh, that looks fun. I think it would be cool to do. It'd be like a modern day Comanche. Yes. That sounds great. Yeah. Now, now you got to take up like mounted archery. You got to go like full, Honestly, full native. 
I think that sounds great too. Cause I, I like my shooting my bow. I have to start learning recurve. I think that would be way cooler. And then, yeah, I'll shoot it off of a horse. Yeah. Cause uh, shooting a compound bow off a horse, that'd be, that'd be intense. Like depends on, you know, how big of a draw, but like that's, uh, that takes some real skill, mm-hmm. you know, like 70 pound draw shit <laughs> at a full lope. You know, that, that'd be, uh, that'd be something else. They said the Mongolians uh, used to have like 80 pound draw on their bow. Like the, I know who have like 75 pound recurve bows. So really, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, and then do that off of a horse. Like that's, that, that was like the Mongols that, that was, those, those are some crazy fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, I guess so so were the Comanche. They 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 uh they were kinda like short squatty people, but they uh they were really good on a horse. They 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 tried to be on a horse all the time. Uh read was it um what was that book? Something the summer moon. Summer of the uh midnight of the summer moon or something like that. That book yeah. I heard there there was a lot of inaccuracies accuracies in that book, but I, I I don't know. It was a good read though. I will I will say that it was a good read. Um I I I interviewed uh his uh, history podcaster, um uh Daniele Bellelli and he oh, uh he was saying Yeah. And uh and he said uh there was a lot of stuff that was just blatantly not true in that book, but so I Yeah. Kind of, kind of disappointing. Still a good read, but uh, I'll, I'll take his word for it. He's pretty. He knows his shit. I feel like a lot of that stuff is hard to like. Prove. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, like that's I like history in general. I feel like there's a lot of like a lot of stuff comes from like word of mouth and trying and like every I mean, people are notorious for embellishing or remembering mm-hmm. stuff wrong, and especially with like natives, I feel like it's kind of hard. Um, finding people who remember correctly. Well, um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of written language. With, yeah, they're not uh, with writing the, anything down. Really, so yeah, a lot of some petroglyphs here and there, but uh, like there, yeah, it was all oral traditions. So, oral, so yeah. And then, yeah. Well then once you get conquered and uh, you don't get to write your history, so <laughs> like that's, that's sure. kind of how it is. <laughs> it's uh yeah. yeah, that's how the way the, that that's, I don't know. That's part of the part of this country is like a lot of that shit never got resolved. Like they tried to like, here you go. You're on your little reservation now. And then we'll just, we'll call it good, but it didn't, didn't really get resolved. Same way. Like the slavery deal. Like it's uh yeah, it's a long, long time gone, but it never really got resolved very well. And uh, I don't know how you do either. Like, I, I don't know how that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I feel like a lot of we have like institutions that were set in place a long time ago and they're so far gone and like so messed up. But it's like, how do you how do you fix something that that's so broken? Yeah. Like, you almost have to start completely over and i don't even know how you do that either oh right but, it's uh, like yeah that's not going to be fun yeah had, <laughs> like everything would have to be clean slate like for i mean like yeah restitution in that garbage like it doesn't really make sense anymore for like from from my perspective like, i don't know how you how you how that makes sense um i, but, I don't know but i would be trying to find 
any amount of black uh, ancestry in my in my and back in my in my ancestry. I'd try to find anything. Native, I mean, the reservations is garbage. It's it's not helping no one. And like I know, I've talked to some white people. Like recently, I was in Sedona, and there's a a man who I went into like one of their little like turquoise jewelry native jewelry shops. There's a white guy, and um, he was like, "Oh, like are, are and he asked if I was native. I was like, "Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I I mean I haven't got on got paperwork or nothing. I just know that my mom was or my grandma was Lakota, and he mm-hmm. was like." Oh, you should definitely look into it. Like you could get like, you can get money and you can get like school and stuff paid for it. I'm like, I don't think you really understand how that works. Like you have to, most of the time you have to live on a reservation to really get a lot of those benefits. And like living on a reservation is I've never met anyone who's like, this is good. This is great. We have it so good here. So yeah. Do you, uh, do you look up to your greatest uh, native American leaders like Elizabeth Warren? Oh, she's, I mean, of course. I mean, I, I, Liz, I, Lizzie Paleface. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like the greatest Native American leader of our time. Uh, of, of many <laughs> generations. She may be <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, what a, yeah, uh, what a clown of a woman. Like, what an absolute clown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stolen valor with the <laughs> with with the native community. That's uh, everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Cherokee way back. Everyone's so, Cherokee. Everybody's Cherokee. Because so I have a friend and he's Mexican. Like his family's from Mexico, and they were doing like ancestry stuff, and he sent it to me. <laughs> and they had like they've lived in Texas for a long time, but they're like it says that he's part Cherokee, and I'm like that's interesting because I wouldn't have guessed like most a lot of mexicans are native obviously it's native yeah so and then um like there's a lot of like migration across like when there wasn't borders so i was like that's weird to me though that you aren't something that was further west and you're cherokee because cherokee like i mean not even in texas usually um yeah i don't know if cherokees were just breeding far more than everyone else or it's the only tribe people know <laughs> I, don't well, know. I think i think there was a lot of rape on both sides of that like oh, the, l- yeah. a lot of cherokee women got raped a lot of cherokee men doing some raping i think i think there's just a lot of rape involved in, in general throughout history that's been a thing <laughs> yeah yeah there there like, was a there's a lot of rape throughout yeah. history <laughs> real, we're a real rapey species <laughs> well, are yeah yeah it's, it's uh I, I don't really know i mean maybe less now i'm sure less um that whole like might is right thing was a little bit further gone but yeah it's still real prevalent I yeah yeah most well kind of depends on how you define it too because now if if you ask a lady out more than once that's also like considered rape now i think I'm at like actual. See, I have like yeah. problems with both sides. Like, as right. um, someone who has like had attempted rape and I've been sexually assaulted, like I don't, I don't like women who lie about it because it makes it far worse for the right. women who have been through it. Like, that's why a lot of women don't go forward and like report these incidents because mm-hmm. you have fucking dumb bitches who are like lying crying wolf all the time and then no one wants to believe them or who are like super sensitive yeah like oh he made a joke in an elevator and i'm offended and i'm like you can be offended 
Yeah, offense. Shit all the fucking time. Like, it's a little offending somebody is not a crime, but yeah, like um, sticking your wiener in in a woman that doesn't want it. That's that's. I think everybody can kind of agree that's not good. Not (laughs) not wrong. Like a lot wrong. Definitely not okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty anti-rape for the most part. You know, like I, like the, as they changed the definition, I am like, I, I don't, I don't know about that one. But as far as like, if we, we go right back to the whole, the dick in, in a vagina that doesn't want it, that that's, yeah, I'm anti that. Yeah, I'm anti any part of your body inside a woman's body that she doesn't want. Right. Like that's Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm anti that. Yeah. yeah, I'm anti that too. Um, yeah, yeah. I think if you, I don't know, like touch her shoulder while you're walking behind her, that's fine. If you try to like jam your fingers up inside of her, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think, like- I think we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny how like that's that's a like a, even a discussion anymore like it used to be like ah right, yeah it was a pretty clear-cut definition of what it was and now like just definitions change of everything now like it's still a clear-cut definition i always feel like in these instances it's always those like few people who are just loud as fuck and then mm-hmm. like pollutes what everyone else like i think the majority of people are no like what yeah everything actually is and then you just have those people who are super loud and now that we have instagram and facebook and platforms for people everyone's entitled to their freaking opinions and their voices they're just the loudest ones and so yeah. that gets pushed on to other, everyone else but i don't think it's the truth i yeah. think it's what you are what you're hearing the most of um ha- speaking of instagram you've got a pretty pretty good size following um does the does any of your gun stuff does that like do you do you notice your shit getting throttled oh yeah yeah Um, like anything that's like gun related my like it doesn't get seen and i like it all drops for sure every time guns and knives for but mostly the gun stuff Um, yeah yeah makes they suppress it pretty heavily. And I have a bunch of friends, obviously like that's what they do for a living. They do like shooting and a lot of their stuff gets suppressed. So. Yeah. I I know. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is on mine that, that gets it, but I've, I've been stuck at 3,500 followers for about six months. <laughs> it's like right, right in that 3,500 range. And like right before the 2020 election, I was at, uh, I think my reach on Facebook was 6 million a month. And then, yeah, it was like, I was, I was doing pretty good. I was, uh, I got, I was, it was the Epstein deal. That's what, that's probably what did it. Cause I, I got into the Epstein means political though. Like that, that will for sure. Unless it's obviously very pro lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, I was, I was right there. I was riding the Epstein meme wave. You know, I was, I was making a lot of them. And uh, yeah, and then like two weeks before the election, like when when they just shut everybody, you know, conservative or libertarian off. Um, yeah, I went from six million to like a hundred thousand, and That's just like, yeah, and it's and it's never never recovered. They uh, suspended my ad account, even though I didn't like I uh, I hadn't put up an ad in like three or four months. 
but they yeah they just shut off my ad account and everything so like i can't i can't advertise or anything yeah i got shadow banned for a while and it wasn't even gun stuff i i called instagram a bunch of pussies i think i tagged them oh so, nice yeah like they were just it was like a bunch of like i kept like stupid shit kept happening i think some of it was like gun stuff but then i was just like i'm over this like you're a bunch of fucking pussies and then they shadow banned me but then i would get flagged for violence a lot because um like someone would comment something stupid and i'd tell them to suck a dick and i get flagged for hate speech and violence (laughs) (laughs) there's like a lot of stuff i wasn't allowed to do for a long time like yeah a lot of the like promo stuff they have for like stories or reels like they, I wasn't allowed to do it for a while now just recently they have started allowing me to I've been on good behavior I have been or I've been smarter about it too like when I talk shit I just use like if I'm going to tell someone to suck a dick I use like the number one instead of an I or an L and then they don't see it mm-hmm. unless someone actually reports it but I think most of the time I get flagged by Instagram and not by people reporting me yeah so. that's that's how most of mine like Especially in the in the the Facebook group that I have, it's like I don't know five. I think it's about five thousand people now. And but there for a while, it was just like posts were getting pulled down constantly. And like you know, and then like people in the group were talking shit to me. And like I don't censor anything. Like yeah. there there be people I, I kick out um, because I don't want to deal with them, or they're not funny. It's like you get a bunch of like the boomer conservative memes and it's just like hatred at Nancy Pelosi, which I get, but like I'm here to laugh and these aren't funny. So you're, you're making me scroll farther to see stuff that I want to see. So like I'm kicking you out because you're not funny. It's in the rules. You have to be funny or at least attempt to be funny. So, um, but like other than that, like I don't pull stuff down because it offends me. Like I'll talk shit on it, but I, I won't, I won't pull it down. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just Facebook flagging shit. And then, um, yeah, I got, I got a, it was like a, it wasn't a very long Twitter suspension, but it was, uh, cause I said, when, when will Liz Cheney, uh, show her tits during one of the, the, the January 6th committee hearings, <laughs> and, but I tagged her. And so then it was considered harassment. <laughs> oh, that's kind of <laughs> Those things can't be very good, I wouldn't imagine. I I I honestly <laughs> doubt it. Yeah, I I bet not. She doesn't look like she uh she's a very fit person. Like, like the people, like if you see like a guy, I'm like, I know for sure that he's not packing. Like there's just no way. And same with girls. I'm like, oh I bet it's a mess under there. Yeah, like I don't I don't see uh Liz Cheney being uh being very fit, you know. I don't, I don't know how old she is, but she looks a lot older. Whatever, whatever her age is, like she she looks older than that. Um, yeah, yeah. I bet you. I bet you're right. I bet that that's just a real mess under there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that's not one you want to unwrap. <laughs> um. So what what do you got coming up? Anything Anything cool? I guess you got a what What's this Peru trip you got? You keep promoting. What's this all about? Oh, yeah. I started kind of working with this company doing group trips. So I travel a lot, but almost everything is solo. So Mm -hmm. I I like um, I didn't start traveling until I was like 26 or seven. 
maybe 27. Um, I've always wanted to like see the world and I just never did it. So I started doing it on my own. Um, and then I found this company that some friends of mine were working with and you essentially fill these group trips and they kind of plan everything out. Um, and then they, you get a free vacation and you make like a percentage, um, which is awesome. So it's like a free vacation and I get to make some money and all I have to do is make sure people want to go. So I'm going to Iceland in February that's the first. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. And then we're doing a Peru in May and then I'm doing a camping trip in Alaska and then going to Jordan next, this like next October. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Iceland's going to be cold as fuck in February. Cold, dark and windy. Yeah. So like there's not going to, there's not going to be any sunlight that time of year. Is there? Yeah gonna be pretty dark um but you get to see northern lights and i always said if i'm gonna go to iceland i want to see the northern lights so we chose winter um oh yeah yeah and people booked like i was surprised because i didn't choose iceland and alaska so like when we first started talking um like the girl i deal with with the company she was like the best way to do this is like we put out a survey to see if people are interested to even do this in the first place. Cause if you can't fill them, there's no point. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. And then she's like, and we'll see what people are interested in doing. So like people filled out the survey and like the top two places people wanted to go was Iceland and Alaska. I'm like, both of those are fucking cold. Okay. Mm. And then like the time of year, like same thing, they kind of like, we were all over the place. And then, so I was like, dang, okay. And uh, Iceland filled up like within a couple days um, no shit yeah and i was like all right i guess i mean i want to go i think it's cool but i'm like i hope people understand what they're <laughs> and like the camping trip i thought that was going to be hard to fill but um people were really excited and i'm like it's a real campaign like in alaska so it's cold and it might be raining and we're intense it's not like glamping but i'm gonna stay extra long in, in alaska on my own and i'm gonna go like spear fishing and go diving with like sea lions and, and go full like, native yeah i'm gonna do my own thing because <laughs> that's always my thing with these trips i'm like i like to do like stuff that is probably not possible to do with like a, a large group especially through like a company so i'm like maybe i'll just stay extra days after some of these and i'll go do my own like adventure shit so nice yeah nice uh Iceland, I hear, is is fucking cool. I've never I've never been I've never been out of the country except for Reynosa, Mexico. Like just right over the border. Yeah. And um yeah, going back to the to the homeland. I'm not well, no, I guess I'm I'm half Mexican, but I did like doing doing the ancestry stuff and I found uh I found census records back to eighteen seventy and it was right around Herefano, uh, Colorado. Oh, so cool. like yeah my family was was there be- probably when it was still part of mexico and yeah. you know spain and yeah, they, i think they've always been that part of the world but there's like oh i i guess we're americans now all right <laughs> like just like i'm such a mutt i'm like a little bit of everything so yeah i i want to do the ancestry thing i just haven't yet i need yeah. to I'm kind of curious to see exactly what I am because I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I I'd like to do like my little sister did the the DNA test. And I don't remember exactly yeah, what all it said. And me is the one I looked into. Cause I don't care about knowing who I'm related to. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Family. I think most of them are horrible. So <laughs> I, like, I just want to see what I am. 
Yeah. I the the only problem I have with with all those is like I now now you hear like they're selling your shit and you're yeah. like I was told to use a fake name. Oh, okay. So that's what I was told because they they can mm. for insurance purposes. Like let's say you're like they find out you have a bunch of pre existing conditions in your family history and then your insurance goes up or like they won't freaking um or whatever so that someone was like use a fake name because then it's not like tied to you it's just another random um thing and i was like that's smart that's not a bad idea not a bad idea um huh yeah there and at the same time you're like does it even matter (laughs) anymore they they've got it all already (laughs) at this point they already have everything yeah so i'm just like yeah fuck <laughs> all right, might as well you know you're just like fuck whatever <laughs> we, there was so much we didn't know when when we thought this thing was just awesome yeah <laughs> like there was so much we didn't know about the data now Ooh. we're just like god damn they know us so well they they know us all i'm all yeah everything crazy I crazy love facial recognition stuff and i'm like there's no way around it at this point though like mm-hmm. all your phones like everything like have literally so much imp- and they like listen to you all the time so it's kind yeah. of i i the the only reason i, I still stick around with with apples because like they uh they told the fbi to go fuck off when they wanted to break into that that you know that terrorist shooter's phone and i was like i understand why people were coming at them but also i'm like nah, at least they're at least they're serious about or at least they from what it appears they're serious about privacy so it's more than i can say for the rest of them so i guess i'll stick with apple yeah yeah, I mostly do it because everything. I'm so analog. Like when you sent that like boomer section for getting on here, I had to use it. No, <laughs> I, I thought it was a joke, but I'm like, I really, I don't have Chrome. I don't know what this is. Um, but yeah, everything on Apple is just connected, so it makes my life easier. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to figure everything out over and over again. I just do it once. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's handy. It's yeah. uh, yeah. Anyways, Marissa, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're a cool chick. You're a cool chick as well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun. I always have fun talking to you, though. Yeah, that was. I was really glad to meet you uh, there. There at the where was that? At Kiowa. That was that was a fun weekend. Uh, I was like, I was, I was impressed by the whole the whole uh, the whole crew. Like it was. Uh, it was pretty well run operation uh from what i saw and i i was glad i was glad i was able to help help uh whatever i I did anyways it was it was fun i it was good to meet you i'm glad to have you on the show grateful to have you too so yeah well one of these days um i'll have you have you tattoo me so oh yeah about it yeah i've got i've got a good idea so one of these days we'll we'll get it done cool i'll be closer in phoenix so there we go perfect I, i yeah I like I like Phoenix. Phoenix is I like Arizona. So, Dude. yeah. All right. Well, um, anything you want to promote and um, where where can they, where they can find you and all that all that good shit. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I only have Instagram really, so it's Marissa dot Loren. Um, and then my art page is Marissa Loren Art. And then always we talked about War Party, but WarPartyRanch.org mm-hmm. and then WarPartyMovement.com. Um, they also have Instagrams, so yeah, 
yeah they go go support them they uh it's good it's a good uh good organization so anyways marissa i appreciate your time uh thanks for joining me thanks everybody for tuning in and uh move your ass we're burning daylight i got the tattoos blues the tattoos blues i should have talked things through first my tattoos are blue, I got the tattoos blue, but hey, I got no rigor. So, you're feeling creative and a bit illustrative and are wondering just what to do? Well, march yourself down to the parlor around the next corner and get a tattoo. Your options are endless. Just have the apprentice show you his previous work. Get yourself an eye popper. A real job stopper. Sit down in the chair, you poor jerk. For a scratcher with talent, the rainbow is your palette. Any color or shade, any hue. And until you are dead, your art will turn heads. And eventually, also turn blue. I got the tattoos blues, the tattoos blues. I should have thought things to first. My tattoos are blue, I got the tattoos blues. But hey, I got no regrets. Get an armband that's tribal, but remember it's final, or yin or yang on your wrist. Maybe a stamp on the small of your back, or true love or hard luck on your fists. Full sleeve or just ankled, or fully star-spangled with the flag bursting out from your hide. Or in some kind of cursive that's vaguely subversive, get the date that your great-uncle died. Get Sabbath, or Slayer, or the lines from a prayer, or your telephone area code. Get a tear by your eye and make it look like you're crying about the spider webs on your elbows. Get the names of old lovers entirely covered with a badly drawn sketch of your kids. Or get a shamrock Fitzkelly or your hood across your belly in gothic, illegible script. Get a character, Asian, mistakenly blazing, a message that they ain't what you think. Because they swore it meant knowledge, but really says olives, forever in permanent ink. I got the tattoos blues, the tattoos blues, I should have thought things through first. My tattoos are blue, I got the tattoos blues, but hey, I got no rigors. Well, if you're still thinking you really need it, can just be sure what it is that they're selling. Because with it, you're stuck and you're plumb out of luck if they don't get it right with the spelling. Cause it's R before E, except after three in the morning, you picked the wrong artist. If he's open that late, the chances are great. You were drunk and he wasn't the smartest. But you've given your future to this ignorant butcher. So when he's carved you up with the gun, send a few words to heaven, take a deep breath, and then look in the mirror when he's done. Cause the needle, it stings. But I'll tell you the thing that over the years really hurts is when you go to view your brand new tattoo and to your horror, it reads, no regrets. <laughs>